Now, let me say just a little bit about what it takes to pass this course or to pass the qualifier. It's worth talking about this a little bit. Here's the first thing. This will sound dumb, but it's the first thing. You've got to come to class. Daily attendance at class is the first, and as you would say, Kepi, the sine qua non of passing this class. Because we're going to be going at about a chapter a day rate. And you miss, it's deadly. Second, daily study, not casually looking at it and thinking you're going to really pack it in on the weekends. It's got to be daily study. Now, how much daily study, approximately? I would say outside of the class time, you're probably looking at four to eight hours. It could be less. There are some people here have had a fair amount of Greek. Other people are just geniuses in languages. I mean, I, I, I had a woman once in class when I taught at Fort Wayne. Um, I taught there for 14 years. Uh, but I had a, a daughter of one of the profs who worked a full-time job while she took Greek, and in the entire nine, ten weeks of the course, missed like five points on all the quizzes or something like that. But I mean, you know, it, she just sort of soaked it up. Um, there are other people that, you know, for whom it's going to be more difficult. Uh, but it will take you probably, in terms of commitment, something like four to eight hours. If you're spending more than 10 a day, you're probably being counterproductive. Uh, no, you're probably spending more time worrying than you are studying. And that, 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 that happens. I've seen that happen. Learning a language is a lot like toast toasting. I don't know if you've ever, I mean, guys do this. Women would never think of doing something like this. But have you ever watched bread toasting? <laughs> you know, you stand over, yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, you, you stand over the oven, you take a look. You know, David's done that. Uh, <clears throat> now, I don't know if you ever noticed it, but here's the interesting point. Toast does not toast evenly. It doesn't kind of gradually get brown. What happens is the bread's kind of in there, white, 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 brown, like that. And that's the way learning a language is. You will pound on some forms for like, two and a half, three hours, and it doesn't seem to make any sense. And then all of a sudden, in 20 minutes, everything gets solidified. So it's important for you to find, uh, how shall I put it? It's important for you to find where the toast factor kicks in for you. It may be after four hours, it may be after two hours, it may be five and a half or whatever. But that, it's very important. Because with something like this, there will be large periods of it seems like you're not getting it time. And then all of a sudden, the thing starts to come together. By the way, the toast principle also applies throughout the course. I've had many people say, 
that they felt like they were sort of floundering for sort of eight weeks. And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, it's, it's starting to come together. So you've got you've to believe in the toast principle. Um, next, you've got to use your weekends wisely. Now, by this, I don't mean that every weekend day you study 10 hours. What I do mean is you don't put your books away Friday night and take them out Monday morning. You're going to have to do some sort of reasonable work and review. Just spend a couple of hours. But time without exposure is the enemy of language acquisition. Time without exposure is the enemy of language acquisition and retention. So, and by the way, this is the same thing when you guys get done with all this and you get out into the ministry, read Greek five minutes a day. Not yet. I realize that you are not a Packer fan. However, this applies to you as well. Now, and don't tell me you're going to study Greek an hour a day. You're not. You're not going to study the languages an hour a day. But you can spend five to ten minutes. And it is the long length of time without any exposure that becomes deadly. That's why we don't want to take July 5th off. You have got to believe in the possibility of passing this course. No, this, uh, don't laugh at this point. I had a very famous case about my eighth or ninth year teaching where this guy was so sure he was going to fail that he did. And about the second last week of the course, he came to me and he said, you know, Prof, I really can pass this thing. But I was so negative. I had such a low self-esteem about doing this and about the possibility of passing that, you know, I spent more time worrying than I did studying. And uh, I'm probably going to fail, but I do know I can pass it. He did fail. He took it the next quarter, passed it with a B just fine. So, uh, you know, word to the wise here on this. Uh, you, you've got to be in here with a positive attitude. And believe me, I am here for you guys. Do not discount recreation. Uh, physical activity. Now, I didn't mention this when we, uh, I thought I'd save it for this point. I didn't mention this before. But I am sort of the sports guy on campus. I coach soccer in the fall and basketball in the winter and tennis in the spring. And uh, uh, we usually have some stuff going on here during the summertime. Now, as I understand it, I, I don't live on campus anymore, so it's a little harder for me to stay connected with this in the summertime. But uh, there's soccer in the evening at 6 o'clock on Monday and Wednesday, and then on Friday afternoon at about 3.30, there's softball. Please take advantage of this. I'm going to try to, to uh, stay around here for the, uh, for the Wednesday soccer, and, uh, and for the Friday, uh, I've got something else on Monday in the evening, but, uh, and also for the Friday softball. Take advantage of this. Having physical activity relieves stress, helps the blood flow to the brain, and uh, I mean, it's, <clears throat> believe me, it's just a positive thing. So try to participate in as much as you can. One more thing. What about the books and such that you're going to be needing? 
Now, you will need the basic text, fundamental Greek grammar, the second edition, that is to say, this dark blue one. Um, there are still, in this universe, there are still some of these mustard-colored first editions around. We don't want that one. Um, <clears throat> now, some of you will have an earlier printing, and some of you will have a later printing. Um, if you'll take a look, please, on page four at the beginning. <coughs> page four. Now, I didn't actually know this until the people at CPH explained it to me. But this coding at the bottom of the page is important. Now, what this is, this is the second edition. And the numbers starting from the left will give you the printing of the second edition. I have one of the first ones, and I, you should have numbers 1 to 10 or something like that there. I have a number 1. What is the furthest number you have on the left? 4. That would be the fourth printing. Now if you look on the right side of that bottom line, moving from the right, Hebrew-wise, the furthest to the left, I have 93. That means this was printed, the first printing, in 1993. Now, what is your date furthest to the right side? 01. All right. So yours would be the fourth printing in 01. Now, what's that? Uh, yes, I can. All right, let's move on to something else. Oh, that wasn't, I'm sorry, Kathy, I thought you were taking a poll. Uh, yes. The, the, way this, the way this works is, if you look at the bottom here, from the left is which printing of the edition. What is the furthest number to your left? Three. Three. Okay. You're the third printing then. Now, starting from this side will be the year it happened. What is the furthest to the right? Okay. So you have the third printing of 2000. These people have the fourth printing of 01. I have the first printing of 93. You do. All right. Now, does anybody have beside me either the first or the second printing? Put your hand up if you have the first or the second printing. Just these two? Okay. Well, you will be among the evil elect. And that is, there are... There are still some printing errors in here, but in the first and second printings, there were quite a lot of errors. So on a number of chapters, I will have to address the two of you and say, oh, on page 100, this accent is wrong, or this ending is actually wrong, or something like that. Right? The rest of the people should be okay. The rest of the people should be okay. All right, good. Uh, next, we need a Greek New Testament. And you should have, the, the best is the blue one. I've got a little, slightly different edition that's a little bit smaller. But, uh, um, okay, Mr. Chicago fan there, Tim, would you hold that up, please? Yeah, there it is, right there. Now, Ray has another version. Ray, would you put yours up, please? This is the one you can actually read because the printing is bigger. Um, but it's hard to get those. 
actually. Uh, those of you who've had German, it says on there, Großdruck, big print, which is really great. Uh, but this is what you want. Now, there is, right up here, Mike has the um, unapproved edition. All right, this red one here. The unapproved edition uh, is, uh, well, it does have certain advantages. It's got a little dictionary at the back and, and so forth. However, um, this does not contain the same what is called critical apparatus. The critical apparatus is this little stuff down on the bottom which tells you about variations among manuscripts. It doesn't have the same critical apparatus. Now listen, does anybody else have the unapproved edition beside him? Okay, we have a few people. Now here's, here's where we are on this. The, the unapproved edition will be all right for the Greek class. However, I will warn you about two things. Number one, you will not be on the same page literally as the rest of us. So if I say, turn to page 247, you got to fend for yourself because I don't know what the pages are in the unapproved edition. All right, secondly, you're going to have to buy this eventually for your hermeneutics and Bible, you know, uh, isagogics, introduction, and other classes. So it's, it's sort of a stopgap. I'm not going to ask you to go out and spend the money for this class, but you know, know that eventually you're going to have to get this anyway. Uh, yes, uh, okay, that's uh, Brian. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, right, right. This happens actually to be the 26th edition. You guys have the 27th. <coughs> the only difference between the two is the critical apparatus at the bottom, but the text itself and the pages themselves are all identical. Right. You cannot have a 25th edition or before, though, because changes were made between 25 and 26. Does anybody have an old version of this he got from his pastor or something? Uh, uh, no, 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 got to have this, got to have this. All right, and what do you have back there? Yeah, if it's a 25th edition, you cannot use that because the text actually did change between the two. All right, um, good. Now, next. The Mark... Cell supplementary exercises. All right, now I spent quite a lot of time this, uh, the last week working through this. The Mark Cell supplementary exercises are very valuable. Let me tell you the genesis of this. This guy is now an editor down at Concordia Publishing House. He's been a pastor for many years. He was my student at Fort Wayne. <clears throat> Often what happens is that students will ask for more exercises. Can we get more practice? That's what this does. Now, there are a number, well, quite a number of not printing errors, but sheer mistakes in here. And I spent the time during the last 10 days or so going through this 
trying to ferret out these mistakes. Now listen to this next part very carefully. What I'm going to do, and I'm going to do this this afternoon, I'm going to Xerox from my copy here all of the pages on which there are mistakes. And I'm going to put that on reserve in the library. So you go and take a look at that if you're going to use this. Now, in general, we do not do this book in class. Like, for example, first hour when we do the previous day's lesson, we're not going to go through this. This is all extra material. It'll be extra practice. Got a whole answer key. There's an answer key for everything here. <coughs> Every once in a while, if you have a specific question about something, we can maybe take that up third hour. All right? But otherwise, this is extra for you. It's like having your private tutor and he does little exercises for you. But as I say, there are some errors on some things. And then there, there's also just some silliness. And by what I mean by silliness is something like this. Having a masculine participle for the verb to bear a child. You know, I mean, it's just not likely. Uh, you know, so th there's no sense having forms like that. So I've tried to take that stuff out. Um, there, uh, some of the pages, there are no problems. But on other ones, uh, he's got a few wrong forms. He's got a few wrong answers and so on. And I've tried to uh, correct all that. Now, I'll tell you, I did not go by page 73. I did not do any of the appendices or the practice tests or anything like that. I just did the, supp <coughs> the supplementary exercise. That's all I, I went over. But you will find corrected pages of this on reserve in the library. All right. Next, you will need, <clears throat> by Wednesday, the dreaded English review for Greek. Now, how many of you have this? Any of you have this? Put your hand up. All right, good. A certain amount. How many do not have this? <clears throat> These should be available from the admissions office. All right, because they're normally sent out with admissions packets. The basic problem people have in language acquisition is they don't know their own language. And, you know, if you don't know what a direct object is and you don't know what a verb principal part is, it's going to be, just in general, it's going to be very hard uh, for you to do Greek. 